We are the Love Jays, and you're listening to Married Millennials. A conversation about being young, in love, and navigating life one student loan payment at a time. I'm Joy. I'm Justin. Let's get to it. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to episode 98 of Married Millennials. We hope all of you enjoyed your long weekend. We are recording this on Monday, so happy Barack Obama and others days. We hope all of you had the chance to get out and watch Black Panther this weekend. If you didn't, shame on you. You need to go purchase a ticket for tonight, whenever you decide to listen to this mm-hmm. week's show, and go watch it because the world is talking about Black Panther. It's life-changing. I mean, it was just... We went and saw it on Thursday night. So the official release was Friday, but we went to a Thursday night screening. We dressed up. Well, I, I dressed dress up. up. You didn't really dress, didn't dress up. up. But I saw something because people were saying, like, why are people being so extra for Black Panther? And uh, there was a meme saying, when you realize that this is black people's first time being able to cosplay. <laughs> well, like, and yes. Kevin, Kevin on stage actually did a video. and was like, why are black folks extra? And he was like, because we are extra. That's yeah. what a part of being black <laughs> we is. Are. Just we are extra. <laughs> this is what we do. Yeah. And that's why we are the culture. Yeah. Because we push things, our excitement, how we get so passionate about things. So he was just like, shut up with why are we extra? It's because that's who we are. That's just yeah, in we, our nature. We've been extra. Have you seen our time. history? Shit, we can be extra, damn it. Right. <laughs> Based off our history alone, right, we're right. allowed. Yeah. Give us the Why same. are y'all celebrating? Well, shit, look around. That is why we are celebrating. Yeah. And the fact that we get to see real representation on screen. I mean, that was Black Boy Joy and Black, uh, black Girl Magic. That's why those are things. It was just really... black excellence. We, we yeah. will not spoil it. I do not want to spoil it. It won't give you guys some time to watch. <laughs> but you don't I have much time. I want to, though. Yeah, I really you don't, want you, to. You don't have much time for us not to spoil it. Uh, but it's just, I mean, I left, I left the, the theater, and it was one of those experiences. Like, just imagine, imagine a world where... We lived in Wakanda, <laughs> like without giving much away. I feel like well, I, the, the preview previews show, at least, like you know that it's a powerful society. It's a it's a, a yeah, country where black people hold power, wealth, high positions, uh, and they're not. I mean, really, and we're happy as hell. Yeah, and we have all the resources. We have all the power. Yeah, I, I, I believe I tweeted. I said, "Black kings, black queens, black knowledge, black money, mm-hmm. black power." Black yeah. magic. Like, right. genuinely, we got to see that on film. Yeah. And, and it wasn't out of even, there. like, a novelty in that way. Like, it was, like, it was normal for them. I mean, well, I can't, I can't spoil anything, so I won't say. We'll have a discussion about it. How about you guys write in and let us know <laughs> that you've seen it and it is now safe to talk about it. I, I'd love to dive in because there were so many complex, wonderful, beautiful layers to that movie. And we need to watch it again, really, is what we need to do. We got to go back. Yeah, no, we, I do want to go back because I, I believe you'll see the different pieces that you mi- miss. Just like any time you read a book for a second time or you watch a movie for a second time, you're primed a little bit differently. But it was, it was beautiful. I, and that's, that's all I can just keep saying is, like, what if we had a world where we got to see this? Like, what if we were able to live in this type of country with this type of power? So get out there and see it. They, it was projected to do $165 million dollars between Friday through Sunday. It did $201 million, and it is projected over the four-day weekend to do $235 million. So it was estimated the, biggest, the, the fifth biggest opening of all time. Black director, 
black leads, black supporters, black everything. I don't think there was a single light-skinned person in that film either. <laughs> no, I don't think that there was. That was a lead? No, there was not. Yeah, and a I, main I really kind of appreciate that. And I know that, you know, <laughs> I'm a light-skinned. But I just, like, I'm so happy to see that our, our dark-skinned brothers and sisters are getting some shine, like, in a real way. In a real, real way. And, and then Michael B. Jordan put a video out on it. It was either Snapchat or Instagram. And he said, look what happens when we support each other. Like, this is the magic. The fifth biggest opening of all time. All time. time. Let that sink in. Like, for real, let's really think about that. Yeah. The fifth biggest opening of all time. Forbes published a a great piece that breaks down all the records that Black Panther broke, and and that was one of them. The fifth biggest opening of all time. That's wild. Like, that's our our power. We, We, our buying power, our creativity. We're, I, I truly believe we are in a renaissance era. Mm-hmm. We are we are in a in a place where young black people and e- and even middle aged blacks are are in a are in a a mindset of like you know what we can really flip the script we can mm-hmm. change things and we can do things and having movies such as Black Panther you know having shows like The Shy having shows like Queen Sugar Insecure mm-hmm. you're seeing that black art black creativity is loved not just by black people, but by the world. Mm -hmm. And if we can continue to support each other along this journey, imagine what could happen. And I truly hope this is a, an eye opening for Hollywood to say like, Oh, it is. When you give, (laughs) they're going to be sending, how can we make more things for black people? I guarantee you you. give black creators, big budgets to come up with amazing ideas and concepts looks what can happen because i believe in that same forbes article they said it cost 200 million dollars to produce black Mm -hmm. panther and in opening weekend that money is brought back back. in four days that money is back yeah and that's not the end and that's no this is only the beginning you've made up your production costs in the opening weekend imagine what we're not even at two weeks a month three months dvd sales we're at at none of that merchandise like nothing Yeah, like that—that's just what is is so beautiful about it. And I, mean, I just black excellence all day, every day. If you have not seen Black Panther, please go out and make sure you buy a ticket because we are going to see it again. Support, I've seen it already support, on support. Instagram. People have—they're on their second and third time. Oh, yeah, I was like, we have a friend I've seen it three, thir- three times this weekend. Yeah, just yes, and they saw a I believe a screening beforehand. Just, yeah. All Just got to keep going. This is a big deal. This is a huge deal. So now my question is, how many Black Panther films are there going to be? Uh, I don't know. Because I know they're going to they're going to be in Avengers. But now I want to know. Because it's like I Captain follow, America has, I think, three movies. Yeah, I don't follow the Marvel verse, so I don't know how it would work. And now, is it, are, are movie sequels tip, for typical comics, Marvel, DC, are they based on the written comics? Or is it kind of just, well, this did really well in the movie, so we're going to just create a sequel that's not necessarily based in I comics? I think there are, well, and that this is where I don't know, because I'm not huge into the comic space, so correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but I think that they're loosely based off of the comics. Like, okay. definitely you have the villain, some storylines, but it's all meshed together. Gotcha. Because comics have different writers, so it's not like... So they can't really yeah, ride the same It's train. not really like a chronological story. Um, so yeah, comics are, they're, they're a different in their own universe. Okay. And, uh, cause I, the, are the DC shows that we watch, I know they stuck to the comics a little bit more. 
Um, except for in the arrow, I'll tell you what isn't a thing. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. No, no spoilers. Uh, yeah. No, no spoilers. Yes. I don't want to hear any spoilers. No spoilers. But yes, I'm hoping that there will be at least, I'm going to say three more Black Panther films all set in Wakanda because I just want to spend as much time as possible there. <laughs> True. And, you, and, and, and so we don't have to spoil it. I, w- I do want to hear from you guys. What, did you, what was your biggest takeaway from watching the film? What left the biggest impression on you? When we walked away and said, "Man, like this is this was it." Who was your favorite character? The warrior, the the queen warrior, was my favorite character mm-hmm. in the entire film, and just for a variety of reasons. And I won't, I don't, I won't dive in now. But if you want to have that conversation offline, let's have that conversation. But I want to hear from you guys. What were your key takeaways from the film? What did what did what left you in awe? Besides, of course, the entire film left you in awe. But what were those whole those thing. key nuggets? I th- I would say for me, it was nice to walk away from something that was left a really good taste in my mouth about my blackness. Not that it's, I'm not always proud of the representation that's out there for us, right? You know, Correct. if you go and you, you see, and it's a black villain or a a thug or an ill-educated person or, you know, they, they just push all these stereotypes. Yeah, the not, negative stereotypes. Yeah. And perpe- they perpetuate them through Yeah, film. so it was just nice to see a thriving black culture and you could get hype behind it and they have a full story. The whole thing was fleshed out and it was robust. I, I just enjoyed that it, and it was well done. Everything about it was wonderful and on top of it, it had like the, the black stamp of approval and that's, it's huge. It's just huge. As we mentioned last week, we are hosting the next Brunch to Bomb this coming Sunday, February 25th at The Parlor in Hollywood, California. If you are in the greater Los Angeles area, please come kick it with us. In addition to The Brunch, we are also hosting a live conversation from 10 to 11 o'clock a.m., an intimate conversation and Q&A about all things black love. Nothing is off limits. If you guys listen to us, you know that nothing is off limits on this show. And we just want to take these conversations and put them in the flesh. And we really want to have an open dialogue with you listeners, with those of you who are going to be in attendance. So if you wanted to just come kick it with us, you just wanted to talk and get your, your thoughts out, your ideas, things that you're experiencing in, re- in regards to your relationship or your dating life, come meet us Talk with us, hang out with us this Sunday. If you go to Brunch Two Bombs Instagram at Brunch Two Bomb, you will see the event link in their bio. Click that link and purchase your tickets. You will not regret it. It is going to be a fun time. Aside from our one-hour conversation, you also get an opportunity to just kick it with black people everywhere. And turn good up, food, yeah. good music. It's just an all-around good vibe. Yeah, and Brunch Two Bomb is brunch the number two and then bomb. We also want to remind you that we're on our third week of our 100 by 100 campaign. It's 100 reviews by 100 episodes on Apple Podcasts. We're at 93 reviews so far. When we first launched this, we were at 48. So thank you to all of you who have participated. Again, I love... We love reading your reviews. I mean, I screenshot them and send them to Justin. Like, look at this one. Look at that one. We're going to do something special, too. I mean, yeah. I could, to reiterate what, what Joy said, thank you guys so much for engaging and leaving those reviews because it really does so make a difference. 
uh, for us, and, and not only from the Apple Podcast side of things, but also just seeing what you guys think. The feedback that you give us is is great. And for those of you who have left reviews, we are going to do something special, a little giveaway raffle once the 100 by 100 campaign is complete. So if you have not yet left a review, open up your Apple Podcast app, type in Married Millennials, scroll down and you'll see the button that says write a review and share it. Share your thoughts. Let us know what you think. I mean, the fact that we essentially doubled our reviews in two weeks just all because you guys decided that you know what i'm going to do this like that's it it really means a lot and that just goes back into the theme of black panthers like when we have when when we just move our thoughts into action and say you know what we're going to support like it makes a big difference like i'm and i'm genuinely saying that like it really makes a big difference going back and reading the comments the one comment received who was clowning me for my ice skating video yeah i got you i see you checkmate i did i did read it i got you it's all good and if you guys didn't see the ice skating video you can go to our instagram and scroll down a little bit and you'll see my horrific attempt at ice skating justin is so excited about this that his feet are lifting up Uh, and you guys haven't seen justin in person but he's a long person (laughs) his limbs are just very long how tall are you six four six four yes and your, but your feet are like, oh, my or le- your legs are like my legs five are, feet. Yeah, my legs two. are probably the equivalent of someone who should be six eight or six ten. Right. So it's ridiculous. Yes. I just, I have a lot of limbs. He's a lot, very long legs. And a he baby was so torso. excited, his feet were coming up. <laughs> but it's real. Like I, I know. That's genuinely how I feel. Like I just, yeah. it just brings me joy. Like yeah. it genuinely brings me joy to connect with you guys more. Like when I when I for real tell you from the bottom of our heart that we are going to be launching some live events in 2018. We said it at the end of last year, it's happening mm-hmm. this coming Sunday with Brunch to Bomb, but we're also going to be doing more live events because I I enjoy too. We genuinely want to connect with you. Yeah. We want to engage and have this conversation and bring this intimacy, this vulnerability yeah. to life. Yeah. I love y'all. Like on the for real, for real. Like yeah. y'all are y'all are the Love Jays crew. Yeah. And I don't take that lightly. There's yeah. there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. And every week you guys rock with us. Yeah. And some of you Tough. guys found us through New and Noteworthy. Some of you guys found us because your friends told told you about us. That's yeah. love. That's all that is, it's just love. Yeah. Apple Podcast show love. Love Jay's crew show love. Friends of friends show love. Family show love. Your feet are rising again. They're yes, rising because again. It's, it's real. I, I for real love and appreciate y'all. Y'all don't understand. It's real. That's from the depths of my heart. That's real. So sweet. I feel the same. I mean, ditto. This is, it's like my the wedding vows. I just feel like I don't even have to say anything anymore. Like, okay, yeah, ditto. That's how I feel. You, will you be our feeling soundboard? Yes, I will be the, the feeling right. soundboard. <laughs> Collectively. I can, I can do that. I, I'm just energetic about life. Yeah. Just this whole year has, has boosted me. So I'm just in a, in a space of a lot of positivity and happiness, and I'm seeing things manifesting and come to life solely because of the mindset that I'm in. And it, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it's you guys are a driving yeah. factor of that positivity in our lives. So I thank you guys. I genuinely thank you guys so much. And as most of you know, at the top of the year, I was laid off my job and I am very excited to announce that my new company is launching this Thursday, February 22nd, Purpose Over Profit. 
We've been releasing small vignettes on our Love Jay's Instagram, and I'm sure some of you guys are like, what are these videos? <laughs> this, this is about? a little different. What's on <laughs> yeah. my timeline? Our new brand, the company, is coming out this Thursday, February 22nd. Make sure you guys follow Purpose Over Profit on Instagram. It's tagged in all the videos that we are posting. I genuinely cannot wait to share this idea with the world. And as I was telling Joyce, I was laid off January 2nd. This idea came to me January 3rd, and on February 22nd, it's coming to life. Mm -hmm. To have an idea in your head and then see it manifest in real life, as someone who has told myself for the longest of times that I was not creative, and I deferred to everyone else to see their creativity happen, and I was so envious of those who could create things from their mind and put it on paper and the world can see, is I am now claiming my creativity and can confidently say that an idea that was birthed in my mind is going to be visible to the world. You're a creator. I am a creator. Yeah. And I'm sharing it with you guys February 22nd. <laughs> and that's also another significant date because guess what? Joy and I are celebrating our 10-year anniversary as a couple. That was Yeah, that was our original anniversary when you asked me to be your girlfriend over the train tracks. 10 <laughs> years yeah. we have been doing this. Oh, my gosh. That's a long time. I wouldn't have it any other way, though. I really, you know, I like to do little check-ins with myself, like, hey, am I really feeling this situation? And the truth is, I am. I'm super feeling this situation. I'm going to be feeling it, well, now for the rest of my life. I guess I don't really have You don't have a choice. Yeah. I, Justin said I, uh, the other day that he feels that that is dangerous to constantly check in. But for me, it makes me appreciate him more. Because when I check in, I say... You know, how's my life going? How how are we doing as a couple? How are we communicating? How are we growing? And the answer to that has always been pretty positive and not because it's just naturally happening that happening that way, but because we work for it. And I'm proud I'm proud of the work that we've done together and individually. I'm not saying that you shouldn't check in. It's important to check in. I, I do I we're saying that you shouldn't check in. I agree that no, you should not do this no, I'm not for your personality. I, no, I'm not saying that either. It is important. I check in within our marriage all the time. Where yeah. are we at? How are we doing as far as our communication efforts? What I was saying that I think is dangerous for me is to have the what-if game. Would you do, do things differently? That, from my personality, questioning on whether I should have dated someone else or started a, a, a new business idea or a different business idea, ha, should we have launched Mine's this podcast? complex, yeah. I'm, I don't think that is productive. For some people, that may be productive. But to question my current situation when it's good, I don't think it, it, it is beneficial. It's not questioning. It's just evaluating it, but in a positive way. It's difficult to explain. Basically, it's me counting my blessings. I can't, but see, I, I can't, basically I count just my counting blessings. my blessings. But I, I, so for all you guys in the relationships right now, <laughs> are you sitting here having a conversation like every six months be like, hmm, should I be with this person or maybe I should have dated my ex or stayed with but my ex? But it's not like that. It's just, it's more... It's hard to explain. Yeah, because I'm, the way she was explaining, I was like, uh-uh, I'm not, not doing like that. that. No, I'm like, oh, should I be with? Even though I guess I do kind of think about. Yes, you do. Yeah, I do. I don't. But, I'm but not, not taking in that, that way. Yeah, yeah. I not, made. I made a decision. Because your answer might be like, oh yeah, actually, I do kind of wish that I would. No, that's that's not it. I made a decision. I am the type. Yeah. When I make a decision, I stick to my decision. I made a decision that I wanted to be with Joy for the rest of my life. When I got on, down on one knee and said, will you marry me? I made a decision to stick with her for the rest of my life. That was a decision I made. It was no one else's decision. It was a decision I made. So to then take time, weekly, monthly, bi-annually, to <laughs> question that decision, 
Mm-mm. But I'm not questioning it in that way. That's why I said I'm having a difficult time explaining. I'm just revisiting it. I'm revisiting it and I'm, in a, I'm appreciating it. I'm revisiting with a heart of gratitude. Not like, mm, should I have done something different? It's more like, thank God I didn't do anything different. I love... Okay, that, that's what fair. I, what you you continue judge. to do whatever that is that you do. I was I'm, gonna say I don't think it's a process that you should partake. No, in. I'm not. I'm not partaking. <laughs> you would be in. like, you know, I could have, I could have yeah, waited. We, or <laughs> if we sit in our thoughts too long, you don't matter how good something is. If we sit in our thoughts way too long, we can find things to complain about and not like. And then you're manifesting unnecessary see, that's not things me. in your relationship. I, I stay in my thoughts. You know I do. Yeah, well, look, I'm, I'm, in my th- I'm in my thoughts too, but I'm just not going to get into those thoughts. But if that works for you, that works for you. Yeah. That's, just, that's a dangerous road for this guy to walk down. Well, I'm just saying that I am grateful for our almost 10 years together. Yeah, shout out to you for sticking with me for 10 years because I know that wasn't easy, especially the first no, four years. It wasn't. It was yeah, work. When I was a, a kid in college. <laughs> it was work, y'all. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and, then we, and that's why we split up for those two yeah. months. We needed that, that two-month break, and I had to come get my senses together and be like, all right, this is really what I wanted to do, and we've been rocking ever since, bro. It'll be 10 years. Gosh, that's a long time. Like, there's some people who got 10-year-olds. I'm like, damn, I remember you were born. Yeah, that's how it feels. I love the analogy of relationships being the age of a person. It's a very good scale to weigh where you should be developmentally within your relationship. So if you have been with somebody for one year, your relationship is like a one-year-old child. Two years, three years, four years. So now, 10 years old, our communication's on deck pretty much. Like, I yeah, feel you, like, you should know how to communicate with a 10-year-old. Yes. And a 10-year-old should know how to communicate with you. Yeah. Yes. It's like, what are you feeling? <laughs> what do you want for dinner? Like, you know, just very simple things. So that's what I'm enjoying about. I'm enjoying the maturity of our relationship. But I, I did say that our relationship, although it is 10 years old, we did get married just under or just over two years ago. So it's like we have this 10-year-old, but we do have like a, a two-and-a-quarter-year-old, too. <laughs> do, do you feel that way? No, I definitely feel that yeah. way. And I, I know people have asked who've been in long-term relationships. It's like, oh, we've been together 10 years and now you've been married. You it's know, not wh- the same. What's the difference? And yeah. I can confidently say that marriage changed our relationship. Yeah. And the best way I can describe it is when you have a wife. Joy was my girlfriend. And now Joy, my girlfriend, and Joy, my wife, are two very, very, very different entities. Yeah. <laughs> very different. And the reason is, is there's, it, it allows... My heart, my trust, my abilities to go even further mm-hmm. than I knew they could just as Joy, my girlfriend. Joy, my wife, I, you, are my, you are me. I am you. Right. We, are, we are one. Yes, we are still two different people living two different lives, but we are still in one accord in this life. And when I made the decision to make Joy my wife, I made a decision that I was going to have a lifetime partner and hold her life and her desires and her love and her wants to the same level as mine. Yeah. When you're a boyfriend and girlfriend, you don't have to do that. There's always a way out. There's Yes, legally there's a way out of a marriage too, but that's why you take vows. But there's... You don't have you don't take vows when you're boyfriend and girlfriend. We just we continue to go on and the bond and relationship strengthens, but there is a next level. There's a level up. That's when what you it get is. is it, there's an equality there when you're married because it, it is two becoming one. Even though you're still an individual, yes. But there's for the sake of this argument, you do you tend to treat the person on par with yourself. 
And I think that's probably why people are scared to get married too. They because they're thinking about what they have to do on their end, but they're not thinking about what they would gain. Yeah, it's a, it's a major other. responsibility. Yeah, you are you are taking another life and holding like I said, holding that value to the same level as yours, and that's not to be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. Marriage is not to be taken lightly. I mean, we talk about it. Oh, you just get married, and I think that's the if you look at the trend of. How many divorces are happening? I believe it's more than 50% now of marriages end in divorce. Yeah. Why is that? Because yeah. we're just not taking things seriously. We're like, oh, this is what we're supposed to do. It's just like when you graduate high school, you're supposed to go to college. When you graduate college, you're supposed to go get a yeah. job. Is that we have just locked in this system, and instead of realizing the importance and understanding, well, is this next step for me, or do I take this next step with the level of seriousness that it is? And we, as a society, have not really taking that look and understanding, okay, marriage is not just, oh, we've been together for five years, so we're supposed to get married. No, no that's not, that's, if that, that may not be the next step for your relationship. No. But if you're at the point where you say, okay, yeah. I'm ready to level up, but let me analyze and understand what marriage entails. And am I really, really willing to make the sacrifices that are necessary to be a good husband? to be a good wife. If we're not we're not ready to make those steps. Mm-hmm. Slow your roll. And I want to say too those roles of husband and wife can be defined by your specific marriage, not societal expectation of what a husband and wife is. And I would like to add that I don't think that anyone cuz sometimes I think when we talk about marriage not being the same as a long-term relationship, people feel that it's not respected as much. It's respected, but it is, it's in its own lane. And I don't feel that anyone who does not want to get married in their heart should get married. Don't do it. Do not do it if you want to do it. Don't do it to appease your mate. Don't do it because you think that's what you're supposed to do. Just don't do it. It's okay to not get married if you don't want to. Relationships just are not a joke, and they need to be handled with care. We've been asked recently a few times, how do we specifically deal with arguments? And the truth is, Justin and I don't tend to argue. Like this morning, I woke up in a little bit of a funk. <laughs> a little bit of a funk? I went off. I did. I went off. But not on you. But just I just expressed frustration first thing in the morning, which is like, no one wants that energy. And Justin just got up <laughs> out of bed and left. And I said, where are you going? And he said, you need to be alone. And <laughs> he closed the door. Yeah, I said, I'm leaving your space. I'm, I can't yeah. be bombarded with that negative energy. Right. I understand your points are valid on why you're frustrated. I'm not questioning that. I wasn't feeling like but, I was stewing in negativity. I was just, you know, when you're just tired and you're frustrated and you're just you're trying to catch a break and you just can't catch one. That's how I was feeling. You heard what I just said about 15 minutes ago about the positivity and the space that I'm in and how right. you guys are contributing to that. I don't. I can't receive the I negativity. It. it was just. It was bouncing it off. It wasn't me. negative. It was frustration. And you were all frustrated before we recorded the show. I was frustrated. So, uh, so yeah, you could just hush up. <laughs> I was. I was valid in my frustration. Well, you're no, valid you in your weren't. frustrations too. No, you weren't. You were. This is why Justin was frustrated because our Andy Ray, our producers here, we're just sitting here chatting away. And Justin's looking at us like, oh, so we going to record this podcast or no? We have all day to record the podcast. And then, granted, you did say the podcast is a priority. All right, we got you. The podcast is a priority. But he's fuming. So I just want to know why it's okay for you to express frustration. And it's not negative. But when I express frustration, it's negative. Go ahead. Proceed. I, your stimuli were real strong this morning. <laughs> And you knew they were strong because you came out afterwards and was like, my bad. And that's not you. 
and so you knew that that you were were real upset and and shooting darts and flames at me this morning. Right. When I came in, Joyce sits down and says, "All right, this is what we need to do." I think like, the podcast is priority today. So then she's like, "Okay, we'll grab a piece of paper so we can start laying out all the notes." I'm starting to lay out the notes, and then the two of them just want to go off on tangents and conversations, and then we have painters outside working on the house, and she was like, okay, well, let's get a break when you know, they stop making noise. Well, they stop making noise, and they're still continuing to have a conversation. <laughs> Didn't get in the shower, haven't set up any of the equipment, so don't look at me as if I'm just wrong in yeah, my see, thoughts. Yeah, I didn't even notice any of no, that. No, yeah, you weren't doing anything. <laughs> well, why didn't and you then just when say? I, but then when I got up to say... Oh, well, I'm going to get in the shower. And Joe's like, well, we haven't done anything. Well, no shit, Sherlock. We haven't done anything because you've been bullshitting for the last hour and a half. Oh, sorry. My bad, baby. Yes. So, no. Back to, back to your arguments. So, <laughs> well, See, this is, I mean, do you think this is an argument? Is this an no, argument? No, this is not an it's argument. It's not an argument. See, this is the thing. We bicker a lot. A lot. So, that was that bickering? Or is that an argument? That wasn't an argument. That I was, don't know what that, that is. That was expressing frustration with each <laughs> <Right>. other. Right, <laughs> exactly. And again, when you spend so much time with someone, yeah. you're going to have times where you, you, you just don't agree. You don't, you don't, you're not going to agree on a yeah. lot of things because you're two different people. normal. The primary reason we bicker and we don't argue is because it all comes down to one fundamental thing, and that's respect. We don't have full-blown arguments because Joy and I respect each other. There is lines that we just don't cross. And we have clearly laid out those lines in vocal conversations between the two of us while we were dating, while we were engaged, while we were married. Here are lines you're not going to cross. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a thing with being touched in my head. And Joy didn't know this. And there was one time she plucked me in my head. And this was very early on. I want to No, say, I never even got to pluck you in your head. You told me off top. Yeah, you, but I think you did it one time. No, you did do it one time. This was very early on our relationship. And I stopped and I said, don't ever touch me in my head again. Like it was just a, a cold, hardened line in the sand. No, my dad used I to pluck never, me in my head. I, I know for a fact that I've never plucked you on your head because I've been tempted. But it, that was when I kind of I playfully hit you, remember? Oh, okay. And then you went, don't ever t- hit me like that yeah, again. Just don't. And it was a playful tap. I was like, oh, okay, so <laughs> so no physical touch. That's not loving. Got it. I'm not, I'm not with it. Yeah. But we've established these lines from the very beginning. And, when they're, and does that mean because we don't argue? That we don't have times where we are really upset with each other? Absolutely not. We have times where it's like Joy retreats to her to room. I'll stay in the living room. And there's times where Joy will go for a run and leave the house. Or I'll go outside and just let the steam calm yeah. down. And then we could come back once we are level-headed to have the conversation and discuss why we are angry or upset with said argument. I do want to say, though, that you shouldn't leave in the middle of an argument. You should not storm out of a room. Because, again, that's disrespectful, right? Agreed. To just, like, terminate all communication. Be like, I can't deal with this right now. Storm out. Like, that's unacceptable. I, if I'm... So we can't use ourselves as examples in this way. Because if you're dealing with a couple who really does... They argue. They're already arguing. What would your advice be? My advice would be is there's not, there's not a respect level that's right. been established. If, if you're sitting out here having full-blown arguments when you are calling each other out of your names, when you're putting hands on, on each other, you know, lashing out, bringing up old information and using it as weapons against them, all of that is based in respect. Mm-hmm. You don't respect your partner. Mm-hmm. You may love your partner. You may like your partner. You guys may operate well together, but you don't, you don't respect them. There's things that you would not say to your parents or your teachers or your aunts or your uncles solely for one thing, because there's a level of respect established between you and your parents. Right. 
My parents and I disagree about a lot of things, but I'm not going to just come in their house and say whatever the hell's on my mind and do an act in any kind of way. Why not? Right. Because I, I respect them. And I think it's what's your intention behind your words. I think a lot of times people are wanting to defend their standpoint. So when you're arguing, you're like, well, I feel this way. And that other person is like, well, I feel this way. When really the purpose for me, what I would say in a quote-unquote argument or a dispute would be working towards your greatest good as a couple. So you're having an issue within your relationship. What can I say and what can we do to get to a point where we're both going to be okay? Because uh, at the end of the day, the point of an argument or a debate is... To come to a resolution. Yes. It's not to just bring up stuff to hurt one another. It's not to pull people down. It's not to belittle them. It, 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 it's to help you guys advance to the next stage. Because you're not going to always get along. You're just... It's not possible. Yeah. Join, I don't get along. Every no. day, 24-7. I was like, they never? No, I'm saying every day. <laughs> you, I, I, you said like, oh, we no, never get along. No, I, I said every yeah. day. I finished, you didn't let me get my yeah, thought yeah. complete, right, but I'm sure right. people who listen to this show look at our Instagram like, man, they're a lovey-dovey all the time. No, we're human just like y'all. Yeah. We, well, there's times where she don't like me and I don't like her. It's yeah. life. That was one hour ago. Exactly. <laughs> that's, that's what happens. But the reason why we can bounce back so quickly is because, again, there's a respect level there. Mm-hmm. And I want to harp on one point in particular when it comes to, to being physical with one another. I don't care if you are the man putting your hands on the woman, the woman putting your hands on a man, a man put another hand mm-hmm. on a man, or a woman put another hand on a woman. Keep your hands to yourself. Mm-hmm. In all seriousness, this is not a game. This is not a joke. It's not something that should be taken lightly at all. I have a zero tolerance policy when it comes to, to hands. And I have a zero tolerance po- policy with people I know putting their hands on other people. Mm-hmm. It should never, ever, ever come up. And again, it boils back down again to respect. If I respect you enough, I'm going to find a way to use my words to communicate how I feel. And if I'm at a point where I cannot use my words mm-hmm. to express how I feel, that's where I need to look you in the face and say, babe, I need a second right now. And that's where you say you don't storm out. I'm going to tell you I need to exit this conversation and we need a break from each other. I know you understand that you may want to continue this conversation, mm-hmm. but I am not in the place where I can have this conversation healthily. I need to remove myself right. and go calm down. And if that means you go into the other room, if you go outside, if you have to be gone for the night and come back the next day, whatever right. works for you, you have to decide. Right. But you have to understand that it's not beneficial to have and engage in a discussion or an argument when you're not in a good mind place. Yeah, you don't need to use physical harm to drive home a point. Like, you just never do. I, punches should be reserved for boxers, and, and that's that. You should not be giving or taking any physical abuse within your relationship. And, and if you're mad, go to the gym and find a punching bag. If you want to go hit something, yeah. go, go hit a punching bag. And don't go punch hit walls. a tree. That's the other thing. I don't understand people that put, people who cause physical damage to property are more likely to cause physical damage to you. That's just a rule of thumb. And I know that that's hard for some people because some people might be in relationships now and they're like, man, like my girlfriend or boyfriend straight up punches holes in the wall or whatever. That's Because that's an inability to keep your emotion out of how you're acting physically, right? It's, it's violence. So that is a, violence is a red flag. Again, I'm going to say if somebody is causing physical damage 
to property, they are more likely to cause physical damage to you. So if you're in a new relationship and somebody's punching walls or throwing your phone or shattering car windows, like it is disrespectful and it's also irresponsible. People that's you're dealing with a person who who will not and has not figured out yet how to take responsibility for their actions. Because if you ask them about it, they'll say, oh, I was just so mad. A responsible person would say, you know, I was really angry. I had to take a moment. I had to deep breaths, just I had to gather myself. An irresponsible person says, I, you know, I got mad and I beat someone up. You allow an emotional response to supersede a logical response. Mm-hmm. And we have to keep our emotions in balance. Yeah. And it, again, it all boils down to respect. You have to respect your partner. And if you do respect your partner, you're not going to put your hands on them. You're mm-hmm. not going to belittle them. You're not going to bring up old stories and use it as ammunition. You're not going to call them out of, your na- out of their names because it's respect. Yeah. You don't, do, you're not, you don't do it at your job. I'm sure there's some times that you want to give your boss all of, of what you're feeling. But you don't. Why? Because you'll be fired. Yeah. And you are dependent on that income. So why would you, in that situation, if you look at that and then apply it to your relationship, why would you then take that same tone? Well, this isn't my job, so I can come home and express exactly how I'm feeling to my partner and expect no repercussion. Yeah, I think a good rule of thumb is if you have a sibling, imagine someone treating your sibling that way. If you wouldn't be okay with it, then you probably shouldn't act that way either. And unfortunately, we live in a society right now that doesn't prioritize respect. Look at the situation between Laura Ingram and LeBron James saying on her show, you know, shut up and dribble because he graduated high school. He's somehow or he just graduated high school. He's less than and because he's an athlete, he's not qualified to speak on politics. You can look at LeBron James's track record and see what he's done for his community and sending over a thousand kids to college. Like we can we don't even have to dive into that. But again, we we are okay with living in a world that does not prioritize respect. We have the individual who's assuming the highest position in the office was one of the most disrespectful individuals of all time, and now we've empowered a sea of ignorant people to see and do and act however the hell they want to act. And that's what happens in LeBron James' scenario. Look at the unfortunate news that happened in in Parkland, Florida. Mm -hmm. Another mass shooting. 17 young souls gone too soon. At what point are we going to... And that's a manifestation of violence. It is. That's At what point are we just going to yeah. understand that we, we just have, we're sick? We, mm-hmm. we, we have problems and we have to address these problems. Like we, we have to. The, the shooting in Parkland is going to bring up the gun control debates and it's going to have the left versus the right. And I, I just want to just bring this all home to... It's f- life versus death. It is. It is not the left versus right. This, it's not even really a... It, it is a political discussion, but it's the answer... The question is this. Do you want people to continue to die at the hands of irresponsible and violent indivi- individuals? That, yes or no? We have we have to do something. We we got we just got to come back. There's just yeah. there's no respect. There's just there's no respect across the mm-hmm. the board. Respect within our relationships. Respect amongst our peers. Respect mm-hmm. in politics. And now you said we have tragedies such such as this. And, and my one question is, it's, in regards to the, the the gun debate, is I really want to know those of you who are gun owners. In all in all seriousness, whether you agree with my political stance or not, I, I could care less. But if you are a gun owner. I really went and a lot of gun owners who 
are quick to defend the Second Amendment, Second Amendment are predominantly white. I want to know what are gun owners, particularly white gun owners, so afraid of to where they feel the need to have access to assault rifles, war weapons. I really want to know. I have no issue with you having the ability to, to own a gun and protect yourself. If you want to have a handgun, you want to protect your home, I have no issue with that. I have no problem at all. But to have access to these military-grade weapons and so quick to change the narrative and say it's not guns that could kill people, it's people who kill people. No, people who hold guns are the ones who are killing it. So we yeah. cannot take out a part of the equation and say, no, that's not an issue. So I, re- I really do want to know, like, what is the fear? Like, really, though, what, what is the fear that you have where it's like, I must hold on to these big military strong weapons? Aside from those who are hunters or live in rural areas who use certain type of guns to provide for their family so they can eat. I understand that. And I've talked to hunters. And they say, no, they're, they're, there's rules to hunting and there are certain weapons you do not use. So I just, I just want to know what, what really is the fear. Please, like, educate me on what you are afraid okay. of. What's the fear and then what's the purpose? What, why do you have to have them? Because even if you're afraid, I feel like there's just a, there are other weapons, if you will, out there. Not that I'm promoting the use of weapons, but I do understand, yeah, you, the, like you mentioned, wanting to protect your home. But I, I still don't understand what the point of carrying a gun out on the street is. Like, I'm never really going to understand that. I, I just, I really want to know, again, in all yeah. seriousness, you live in a world that is run by whites, made by whites, has been like this since 1776. What are you afraid of? <laughs> I want to know. I genuinely want to know. And, and if you can provide good reason, I'm, I'm more than happy to listen. I love engaging in conversations with people who disagree with me because, hey, I may learn something. Because I disagree with a lot of people, and if they're unwilling to listen to me, it's not fair of me to ask. It's not fair for me to not do the same for them. So I, I really want to know. But it, again, it, it all boils down to respect. We just got to get to a place where we respect each other again as people, mm-hmm. as individuals. Mm-hmm. My hope is tragedies such as these and conversations that we are having and that the world is having will actually one day lead to change. It's the only thing we can hope for and for those of us who are trying to find ways to be positive and make a change and be loving and be respectful is we got to continue to do it. Regardless how bleak it may seem or may appear is that we are in control of who we are and we are in control of our actions. And One spark can light another spark that can continue to compound. So if there's enough lovers out there, the love can continue to compound and fill the world with happiness and positivity because there are a lot of good things going on so let's just continue to stay in control of our light let's be positive beacons of of light and spread love peace and positivity and get involved where you can because yes of course we need to have thoughts and prayers um, but when justin says be a light take that light to places where you can make a difference be a voice of hope and a voice of change And Joy just mentioned that in her weekly wellness newsletter this week. If you have not subscribed to that, make sure you do it. You can go to our website, lovejays.com, enter your email address there, and you will be signed up for that weekly wellness newsletter. Thank you guys again so much for tuning in to another episode of Married Millennials. Make sure you guys subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. And of course, share it with your friends. And as always, let's keep the conversation going online. You can head over to our website, lovejays.com, and you will see all of our social media icons right there at the top of the page. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday.